0: Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast.
1: I'm Moshe Kasher. I'm Natasha. She's back, you guys. I have my wife back. And we made love every hour on the hour since she's been home.
0: I actually had this really beautiful, restful solo vacation. And I got home and just immediately got into a bad mood.
1: (laughs) We are approaching divorce.
0: (laughs) No, but I was like, I got you oh. in a bad
1: mood? I was so excited to see you. No,
0: you didn't get me in a bad mood. I just like, it felt like I was back to reality.
1: Your family? <laughs> Ouch. Zing.
0: No, not my family. Just like, I don't know. The world?
1: Tasha, I got an idea.
0: Also, like when I'm away from our child, I don't feel as guilty about like her not being with like other kids. And you know what I mean? Out of sight, out
1: of mind. <laughs> Tasha, I got an idea yeah uh let's get in the rv and go on an extended stay america trip around america staying at various extended stays america
0: (sighs) that sounds like a lot of work
1: okay so that's a no
0: no i'll do it
1: let's go to hawaii let's get um let's put okay we'll give our child sodium pentothal make her sleep for eight hours put her in a chamber You and I will get um, one of those uh, like hazmat suits, but we'll have a hose going from your breathing tube to my breathing tube so we can breathe each other's air. And we will wrap ourselves up in like a plastic quarantine zip tent Mm -hmm. and we will fly to Hawaii. Okay, I got a third idea. Let's get in the RV And drive to Sayulita, Mexico. It's a a mere twenty. Moshe has been trying to pitch
0: us driving to Mexico for the past
1: two weeks (laughs) through Sinaloa. It
0: never sounds like a good idea. I'm not the
1: footlands of Sinaloa. It's
0: only twenty six (laughs) hours.
1: I think it would be. We have like
0: a two year old. Yeah, your car, your your RV has broken down before. It's COVID. Would you want to get a? First of all, we would imagine the RV breaking down in Mexico. There's COVID. We don't speak Spanish.
1: Mm-hmm. That doesn't I, sound fun. I hear you. Okay, Tosh, with a two year old, I got an it idea. It actually
0: sounds very dangerous.
1: Okay, I got an idea.
0: So no, I'm not doing. I'll I'll go to a park or whatever you were let's go
1: to a park. You and me, park. I'll do that. All right, Tosh. You seem like you're in the right headspace <laughs> to get this
2: party. I'm started. actually excited
0: because we have a guest. We have a great. I can guest. take the focus off of myself, and also she's so cool. I've always looked up to her. The and legend. also, wait, hold on. Let me just say, I also am like really excited to just like hear her take on what's happening and how she's feeling.
1: The legend. Can I say it now? Yeah. The legend, legendary Bay Area based stand up comedian. I mean, she's done it all. She truly is. She's a heavyweight. She's truly a legend in this game. Let's get in touch with the one and only Margaret Cho. Hello and welcome... O- 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 R- hi, my name is Cole. My name is Andrew. We host a podcast called Podcast But Outside. Cole Hirsch. I, I should, say, my full, we should uh, say our full name. Not necessary. We host a podcast called Podcast But Outside where Cole and I set up a table on the sidewalk and talk to strangers who are walking by. We have a sign on our table that says, hi, be, be- a guest on our podcast and we will pay, pay you $1. $1. We are the only ethical podcast. We're the only podcast that pays. We have really interesting conversations with really fun folks. Like
2: who? Like this guy. My sister lives in Denver. Oh, that was, a,
1: that was a whole thing? Yeah. You said really interesting conversation. Denver's a totally different city. That's interesting. If you don't live there, I guess. Do you have a better one? Better what? Example? Yes. Like, yeah, I do actually. Play it.
3: Yeah. Do you want to be like Joe Biden them, have sex with animals?
1: Jesus Christ What? That is not a good example of our show
3: Why?
4: Everyone's talking about Joe Biden Not
1: like that Why don't we play one that we know people will like Oh, who, like Marilyn? Like Maryland?
4: Marilyn Okay And I was somebody else's wife for a while what? But the second yeah. one worked out uh, Well, uh, until he died Oh, <laughs> I'm
2: sorry okay. to hear that
4: It turned out he had a double life wow. What? What What was the second life? He was a crack addict <laughs>
3: what, Wait, how do you and hide that? A,
4: Hold on, how do you hide I don't. He was a nice old Jewish guy How
1: did he get addicted to crack?
4: He started smoking it I know, but I just I'm just trying to I
1: know <laughs> That was a good clip
4: Hey, thank you So please subscribe to Podcast But Outside
1: On YouTube and podcast apps And then have a good t- time. time Hey
0: Hi, Margaret Oh, hi Hi, you look so cute Hello,
1: Margaret Cool house I know you live in like a, goth, a gothic chamber <laughs>
0: No, she just has crown molding.
1: <laughs> oh, look at her Chihuahua. <laughs> Who's Margaret,
0: that? You have like the cutest dog. I have three cute dogs, but yours, are- yours is so much cuter. This is Lucia Katerina.
1: I mean, this is Blanche right here. Oh, She's a little hi. bit of a plain Jane. This is Pablo. He's got emotional problems. He's from the Mission in San Francisco. Oh. So if- oh. And then we have Mayor and then Cutie. Here's Cutie. She's got oh. an IMDb page. <laughs>
3: Oh, it's so cute. They're so beautiful.
1: Does Lucita is that how you say it? Is that her name? Lucia. Lucia, does she have an IMDB page?
3: I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I don't like her to do any show business. She doesn't like um Instagram and or any kind of social media. She's really against it. <laughs>
1: On what grounds? She sounds cool. What are her ethics around social media?
3: She's just like, why are you always looking at your phone? And then she'll get like right in between me and my iPad and like just put her nose in. And she hates the phone. And I got her like one of those like chewy um, iPads, like a stuffed iPad. But she's never played with it. She hates it. (laughs) She hates devices. (laughs) <laughs> and she just doesn't like anybody not paying attention to her fully.
1: I would say Pablo checked out of technology when the Blackberry was phased out. <laughs> he loved the Blackberry.
0: He called it the Crackberry. Yeah, the Crackberry, yeah. classic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A true classic.
0: That's so funny. Margaret, Mar- Margaret we're, we really want to know. We want. We want to. We want to know what. What. What is your take on everything? <laughs> what. What are you thinking? Are you feeling good about things? Like I feel like I'm just so depressed about comedy and the world in general. I. I, I need to deflect <laughs> to somebody else.
3: I know it's so sad. Um, I just. I've been eating a loaf of bread a day because I started <laughs> baking bread, and I took a um a focaccia class last night online and I'm taking a Chia class on Monday. Is it the same guy? Yeah, it's different people, but it's like a collective. Uh It's a slow rise pizza collective. And there are a bunch of different disparate chefs and bakers all over the world. And um, they all get together and uh, they're trying to raise money for, uh, well, they were trying to raise money um, for Georgia. And uh, for everything that's happening there. And they're also getting to make bread. But I'm eating so much of it.
1: Uh, for what? To just support the Coca-Cola company in Atlanta? Or?
3: <laughs> What's the secret to a good ciabatta?
1: Yeah, great question.
3: I think uh, diastatic malt. I was
1: because... going to say diastatic malt. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that. Um, do you guys remember that comedian from the 80s, Andrew Diastatic Clay? Anybody? <laughs> no? Okay, I'll leave. I'll leave. I'll leave. Margaret, I have a question for you. Oh, yeah. Now,
0: most Alright.
1: This might we, be per, too personal. We can personal. also cut this out. Yeah, we can cut it out if you don't like these kinds this is of not live. hard-hitting personal <laughs> Barbara Walters-esque questions. Okay. But like, but you're kind of like a sex guy, right?
3: Yes.
1: Has it been difficult to find mating partners in this quarantine era we're living in?
3: Um, well, I have one. I have a you quarantine have a permanent. Valentine. Quarantine. Valentine. <laughs> And um, our relationship has really blossomed in the lockdown. And that's so it's, great. it's been great. But we don't live together, which I also think that is. sounds
0: perfect. Perfect.
3: So. See, that's you what know. I'm
0: talking about mostly. Oh, wait, you want
3: me
1: to move out? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Margaret, I just went away for, like, a five-day vacation because I was had to quarantine, but then I decided to try to make it into a vacation. I was away from my family, and I was just watching whatever I wanted every night and, like, following my bliss and listening to music and writing and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of doing my own thing. And I loved it.
1: And then she got home, <laughs> and she's not happy, Margaret, <laughs> is, I guess, oh. the of what she's trying no, to say.
0: No, I'm just saying that separate... Separate spaces give you that space, and then you spend two days together,
3: spend three days together. It seems very ideal to Mm -hmm. me, that's all. It is. It is. But it's hard because we're so used to traveling all the time, so it's very strange to have all of this time uninterrupted at home. I mean, because have you spent this much time at home ever? I I have never.
1: There is something about your, uh, your DNA gets molded after i don't know probably 10 years on the road your dna is like permanently altered where you're like not you hate traveling but you're very uncomfortable every time you're on the road you're like all i want to do is get home and then you get home you're like i got to get out of here like why am i why have i been here for so long
0: i used to like being in a hotel by myself for three days i loved it too yeah and it's and by the way i'm not saying that i don't want to live with my family either i'm just like I think I'm starting to learn that I just need some space, you know? Yeah. No, no, I just mean as like a, as a, as a creative person, like I don't understand how you can be creative in a pandemic, like with a family when there's like absolutely no space, you're not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just hard. It's hard.
3: I guess I'm asking you for advice. Margaret, (laughs) can you come over and help? Yeah, I can help. (laughs) I think it's very strange because it's also that time seems to be very Fast, it goes by way faster when we're not traveling and experiencing uh, hotels, and you know, like going on the road to be, you know, doing our work and then coming back. And it's just a very everything seems really truncated. Like it's all sort of one day and, and, and next day and it, it goes going by. And there's always way.
0: excitement though, and there's always. No,
1: but she's change. saying the opposite. When we're home, it becomes this long day. Right. It's yeah. Like there's a kind day. of
3: weird. It's weird because I can't differentiate when is this April or is this now. Like it's such a weird.
1: <laughs> but you thing. can always tell the difference between a, a spongy focaccia and a crispy ciabatta, it. right? You right? It.
0: It's the malt.
1: <laughs> it's got to be the diet. But you're
0: right, Moshe. We've. It's just everything's turned into a mega day.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I I think you're right, Margaret. That there's something weird. Like it does feel like yesterday that we were thinking this is going to end in a month right? and it is not, Right. it is not going to end in a month, but Hey, we're making the best. And we
0: don't even know what's going to happen in eight months when like, you know, we're able to have a vaccine. I mean, who knows what could happen? It's, it's just, everything just feels, I just feel like more than ever, no guidance. And I just feel very unsure that like, I feel very like unsure and that anything could happen at any time, which is like a hard place to, to, to f- do anything but be in survival, I guess
3: exactly. and it's like this thing of I mean when I don't do comedy, I really feel like um, I I'm inert like I don't really I don't have any reason to be alive, <laughs> which is not <laughs> the way to be. <laughs> but comedy really gives me this sort of impetus to like it shapes my world and now not even I mean I have dates booked but everything gets moved. Because everything's like, you know, locked down. And so now everything, I think the next really big shows I have probably won't be till April of next year.
1: Yeah, I miss stand up. My agent, my manager called me today and was asking me if I wanted to book gigs now with the plan of canceling them when they arrive. It was just <laughs> like, no, like I'll feel so, I feel so guilty canceling dates. Uh, this is but like the, the truth worst is
0: if you have to cancel, then the audience might want to cancel
3: too. And I also know. can't people just do outdoor gigs?
1: I don't know. Have you done anything outdoors, Margaret?
3: I haven't done any outdoors. I'd like to, I think that would be fun. I mean, I it think sound that annoying, it does sound weird though, because you're still like, The spacing is different and you don't hear people as easily. And I've done some Zoom shows and where people, the audience has been unmuted and that's been fun. I don't think I've
0: ever not bombed outside.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had a gig early on in comedy at a frat house at UC Berkeley and Mm. I stepped on stage and they began to boo before I started my set. I hadn't said anything. There was nothing. Oh, no.
3: Was it the Bears Lair?
1: No, it was a full on frat house. It was a bad. (laughs) I mean, oh, it was a bad yeah. situation. I did comedy in the Bears Lair, too, though. That was a little bit better of an experience.
3: Yeah, but I hate outdoor gigs in general because it's like the sound is weird and it's not my favorite. Um, but, I mean, right now, I, I just want to do something. It's hard.
1: Do you write stuff other than stand-up? Do you do scripts and or books? A little or-
3: bit, Yeah, a little bit. And it, to me, that's really a challenge. You know, I'm not so motivated to do that, but I have to figure out what I'm gonna do outside of you know I've done some voiceover things, and we've done stuff together, which is fun, so yes, um, exactly. I mean, it's
0: just it is hard I, every time I find it hard to do like other kind of writing like b- besides stand up, I just think of like it, it is such a fun job <laughs> it's just just to be yeah. able to be able to do this, I'm like, okay, maybe I can like work really hard on something that's I don't know. I actually am not able to do it. I, I just kind of want to have fun. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it's Me as too. a stand up, you get spoiled because it, your job is so fun and easy. And it's like, yes. for you, it's easy because you've been doing it for so long. <clears throat> you could phone it in and it would be fun. And if you really force yourself to have an amazing set, it can be like, um, like, you know, just like, I don't know you could surpass yourself or something if you really set your mind to it it's there's so much to it besides writing I think
1: well also I mean
0: obviously writing is like the like you know the a very important part but I just think like the feel of it and like being out there and talking to the people and like I kind of can't get it up unless I'm like in a stressful situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. so then when it's like zoom you know what I mean it's like how can you get excited for that
1: Well, how was zoom for you?
3: It's I'm getting used to it at first. It was really isolating because you couldn't hear anyone. And then later, um, it was, uh, I got more and more used to it. And then, you know, it, it, but it's still not the same, I think with stand-up comedy, we're just so, um, used to it and used to doing it that we know what it feels like. And then there is a kind of addiction to it that I have that's actually physical. So when I stop doing it, I just feel like this weird depression. Yeah, that's what I that's I think what?
1: Nothing nothing a little bread won't cure. That's what <laughs> I always it's <laughs> <mean>. true. <laughs> well
0: I don't know why Margaret's making me <coughs> feel like I she's like I I, I like my therapist. No, but, but this is the
1: most enthusiastic I've heard you talk about stand up in the entire time you've been married. So I'm Margaret, you're doing good the Lord's work. <laughs>
0: good. Here. Very good. Well, because it doesn't sound fun to me to get on a plane or do a Zoom comedy show. So I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. interested. Mm-hmm. Well but anyway, I think Margaret has such good advice. Maybe we should call some people.
1: I think that's a great idea. Um, all right. Here we go. We're going to call Kendall in New York City. Hi. Kendall, how are you? It's Moshe Kasher, Natasha Legero, the host of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and our friend Margaret Cho. How's it going? Hi,
2: Hi. It's going good. Better now. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too.
1: (laughs) How's New York? Is it still a COVID wasteland?
2: Um, not too bad. It'll probably get worse. I assume. Soon. Cool. That's
1: you sound like you've been taking the Natasha Legero life skills class. (laughs) Kendall, what's going on? How can we help?
2: Um, okay. So basically I'm engaged. Um, my fiance and I have been together for four years Um, And we've been open slash polyamorous for like a year and a half. Um, That's all great. Uh, Our relationship is the healthiest and happiest it's ever been. Um, The issue is that it's a secret from our families, um, which has been fine just because, I mean, obviously we're not doing anything right now. So it hasn't really been an issue, but we've been talking about like our future more and we see ourselves being polyamorous like indefinitely and having that just be a part of our lives. And even when we have kids and everything, so eventually we don't, we don't want it to be a secret for the rest of our lives. Um, So the only
0: thing that's a secret right now is the polyamory part.
2: Yes. I see. Um, With my family, they would probably be fine with it. Like they're chill about most things. Um, But my fiance's family is conservative, catholic italians so they would not be um they already are like even when he'll wear like my fiance will wear floral pants and they'll lose their minds so it's
1: to their their credit i i don't know if i would love the floral pants myself (laughs) you know and it's not about catholicism but um (laughs) i do have a question when you say polyamory do you mean it like truly like you're going to have like love partners, like long-term love partners, or do you just have a kind of sexually open relationship?
2: Um, right now, it's been mostly just sexually open. My fiancé had a boyfriend for a little bit, but it did not get serious. But eventually, we would like to have like love partners.
1: Which forces the issue of telling somebody, because they'd be like, "Who who's Chad over there, and why is he always hanging out on the couch?
0: I mean, That's I personally... So, yeah. <laughs> I personally don't think there's anything wrong with not telling your parents what you're into sexually. That's my thought. It's is like what the the if? What, between... what if when I met my parent, like I explained to my parents when I introduced you that you like me to like touch your asshole? Why are we
1: bringing that up? But I'm
0: just saying, is like, <laughs> why, I mean, it's like why as stupid. To like say that you're polyamorous and that you guys all want to fuck other—I don't know—I just—I would rather not. Like they'll probably be dead by the time you guys actually find a partner that's going to be like inter, interfering with your lives.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say too. Is I, there's a difference between see- keeping a secret and not telling someone something? Like they, they're not mutually exclusive. You don't—they don't have to be shameful secrets in order for you to be like that's part of my life that I don't really think the uh, the 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 you know, the Catholics in my life need to know. Margaret, what do you think?
3: Well, there's different, like, kinds of things about coming out and the different stages of coming out that I think are important, not for the family necessarily, but for ourselves and our identity as poly and as um, also queer. You know, for, I think, for me, I was in a poly marriage for 12 years and, we, we, we just got divorced, not because of the poly, the polyamory was actually the most successful part of our relationship. We got divorced because of drugs, which is no, <laughs> not the successful part. <laughs> but, um, so just don't do too many drugs, but that that's the only issue. But I think that like, there is something to coming out that really sort of solidifies your engagement with, um, that aspect of your life. And that's why sometimes people do want to, share that with their family and be open Mm. about it just because it's a more of a, um, a self awareness growing up into my own truth kind of being. So it's not so much about keeping a secret or, um, keeping it apart from anything. It's just that you want to be able to be fully yourself everywhere you go.
1: I think that's a well-made point. And so well, much
3: better than my advice,
1: and well taken too. I think, uh, Margaret, I, I I stand corrected. Kendall, is that true for you? You think like there's a part of it that is it's not just about not keeping a secret, but it's about being truly who you are and and sharing that with your mutual families.
2: Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I sent you guys the email with the question in the first place. Is because for uh, I mean, up until this point, up until recently, it's been just a sexual thing. So obviously we were like, we don't need to tell our families because like you said, they'll be like, why the fuck are you telling us this? We don't care. So, but now that we're like kind of evolving into being more poly and feeling like we identify with that. And especially with my fiance, he um, it for him, especially it's a really big part of his personality and he's kind of just coming into that. And it kind of Margaret, like what you said, he just, it's, we just don't want to feel um, it kind of just adds to the like taboo that's already on polyamory. So mm-hmm. it just it turns it into kind of like a feeling like a shameful secret, even though we're happy and we know it doesn't need to be one. I just don't
0: yeah. like, I, I just don't think it's necessary to confuse the elderly.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's true.
1: laughs> well, here's some good news, Kendall. The uh, Italian Catholic community in, in not only in America, but in, in the old country as well, they're gigantic endless honeymoon podcast listeners and they watch they watch on the YouTube channel as well. So their odds of his parents finding out after this releases are extremely high. And we've kind of done the work for you.
2: That's what I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping you would just announce it and I would have to do zero things <laughs> so, so
1: so it's kind of it is kind of more what margaret's talking about it's like it's a it's a especially for your partner it sounds like for it's a it's a coming out not just of being poly but of being queer and just of truly yeah fuck who, the
0: elderly tell them who you are well, let act- them deal <laughs> with it
1: honestly if you guys are poly enough if you're open enough you will fuck the elderly <laughs> so i think yeah i think margaret's uh margaret's on uh, um, the right on here i think like it, that that if it's it's a if it's an identity like here's who I truly am, then that's a different thing than here's what my sex life is. It's I want you my family to know who I am. Does that feel right on, Margaret?
3: Yeah, different times in my life, like I felt the need to like come out to family members about being into leather, being heavily <laughs> like um, involved with the BDSM community. Um, having a male partner, having a female partner, having... Um, and, you know, my parents just accept. They, they're they like, okay, we're so tired. We're so tired. I don't, I don't care. We're so tired. You know, like, if you keep coming out, people get really sick of it. So it's really... I think it's fine to do, but it's more like to make the gesture um, more about, look, I'm just doing this to affirm myself. I'm not here to get your approval because that's something that you can't really control. And, you know, they'll come around. It's it's one of those things where we need to come out for ourselves sometimes. And that's actually great. And it's it's sort of like, um, you know, polyamorous relationships are one of these frontiers now that things are really changing, especially for a lot of, um, couples who are, you know, basically like they feel very secure with their partners and they want to just be real about what monogamy is to them. And it's not, it's sort of a construct, you know, it doesn't exactly mean that, you know, having sex outside your relationship or relationships that are, uh, outside of your primary relationship, isn't cheating. It's, it's just extending your circle of um, admirers. So I don't know. I keep know.
1: telling Natasha this exact message, Margaret, and it is <laughs> falling on deaf ears. But I, I actually... Fuck
3: the constructs.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Yes. Really? Hey, yeah. look, I want to say that for me, this conversation was actually kind of cool because my my initial reaction, you heard my initial reaction, which is who cares why tell anybody anything. <laughs> me too. And to, to reframe it into like, actually, this is a kind of coming out, uh, you know it's very easy for me to wrap my brain around that if it's like a, a gay person it's a queer person I go, oh I understand uh, what that is uh, you know but to, to reframe it to like there are a million identities and it is important not to tell your your family here's what my sex life is but actually here's who my whole self is for me that was a, a restructuring and a reframing for me so kendall margaret thank you awesome
0: uh, okay thanks kendall
1: Thank yeah. Good. Li- hey, wait. So uh, the other thing I was going to say, Kendall, is we would love to know when you do come out uh, how it goes. If you want to get back in touch with us, and it'll and I think they'll probably stop even commenting on the floral pants after that. Let's be like, okay, <laughs> there's more going on there than flower pants.
2: Oh yeah, more issues to worry about.
1: <laughs> All right, Kendall. Thank you. <laughs> thank you,
2: thank guys. You.
0: Margaret, you're so good at this. Yeah. I, think,
1: <laughs> I honestly, that was that that was interesting for me because I do think you know how you discover. I don't want to say bigotries, but like areas that your un that your mind hasn't evolved yet. As you get older, you go and even thinking about that, like I automatically associate poly with just like oh well, that's uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a, a a lifestyle choice that isn't connected to core identity. That's where my brain em, went. Yeah. And so hearing you kind of reframe it. I think that that was a a mind opener for me.
3: Yeah. Same for me. Good. Good. I'm glad. I know. I think it is. It is definitely an identity. I think it's something that it it's a it's it's quite a big part of people who engage in it. It's it it takes over your life because a lot of time is spent kind of negotiating that. And, you know, being in a relationship that's open is challenging because you're Mm -hmm. you're always sort of examining your emotional life and their emotional life. And it's It's tough. So it becomes a big part of who you are.
1: You know, the more I just sort of observe the world, the more I realize like almost everything is, comes down to identity. I did this, um, uh, this segment on my comedy central show uh, with the pink pistols. Do you know who they are? They're a LGBTQ, uh, gun owner collective. Mm -hmm. And, um, and i start they they kind of reframed my idea like i i don't love guns i'm not i'm not a, a second amendment guy but i realized in this interview with them because they were comparing identity as queer people with identity as gun owners like oh part of the reason that this is such a, a incredibly intense topic in in this country is that gun owners they're not just people that own guns they are like it is who they are and so yeah. when they hear gun uh we're going to change gun ownership laws. They hear we're going to take you uh, your identity away, and that is like that's a gigantic, much bigger conversation than we're going to make new laws about what you can and can't buy. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Any, anyway, Margaret, do you want to do one more call with us?
3: Yes, of course.
0: Let's call Grace in Chicago chicago is my con we're watching the frank sinatra documentary <laughs> oh so i've been listening to frank sinatra music who i, I hello don't, oh, hey,
1: oh hey how's grace, it going you're sideways is there a way for I you know, to flip? Let me oh fix there it. you go much better I'll much left. better Wait, is this better yes you look perfect yes okay
0: hey grace uh it's natasha moshe and our friend margaret cho hi hi
1: how are you good Grace, did you do your hair for the podcast appearance? Because it looks pressed.
4: Oh yeah. Well, I'm a hairdresser in training, so it had to look good.
1: It does look good. I would I would employ you if we were not under a severe COVID-19 lockdown.
4: That's
0: fair. Thank you. Great. Um, so what's up? How can we help you? You've got, you know, a lot of a lot of amazing people here.
1: <laughs> and are- four dogs.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been seeing this guy recently and it's my first real fling since a big breakup so i'm really excited but there's one problem he doesn't go down like he doesn't want to go down on me
1: break up with him bye <laughs> I mean, okay thank you for calling in we do appreciate it what what does he say
4: so i've tried to have a conversation with him about it cuz i'm really open about sex and stuff and he is so like he just thinks that I don't know. He just thinks that I'm, like, more sexually advanced than him. Or he thinks, like, I'm just more sexual. So when I bring it up to him, he's like, it's just kind of awkward. Like, I don't really want to talk about it. And, like... I, I hate I just, this
1: guy. I hate wait, this guy. Gets- you know what he's done, though, before you finish? He's reframed his insecurities and turned it on to you. That it's not his... Inadequacy. It's actually mm-hmm. your. It's it's you. You are this like sexual demon that's up ahead of him, and he can't. He couldn't possibly. It's like he, he didn't. Ha- he have the decency to admit that he's a chump. He's like, no, it's you. Well, let's hear
4: the whole story. Yeah,
1: let's hear it. Sorry, I got sensed. <laughs>
4: like no, no, I appreciate it. It gets even weirder. Um, and like, if this is like, I don't know if he's telling the truth. It's hard because so many men do like lie about it or whatever, but he was saying that he literally can't do it because if he sticks his tongue out, he gags. Like, he'll literally, like, he has a gag reflex.
0: Margaret? It's like...
3: Well, I mean, he doesn't have to stick it out. He can just kind (laughs) of, you know, snuffle in there. Mm -hmm. Like, he can just kind of You know, I think he's not really understanding what cunnilingus is. Like, maybe he doesn't, you know, you don't have to, like, stick your tongue out that far. It's not even about the tongue all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's more um, just being open to please your partner the way that he should. You know, he should be trying.
1: I think you're off base, Margaret. To me, cunnilingus is where you, you remember the lickamade, the candy, <laughs> yeah, the powder. Yeah. When you get to the bottom and you don't have any stick left, that's what how I do it. It's like you're trying to get the powder out, and you just it's just sticking the tongue in and out in rapid succession. <laughs> that's what I it think. Is it's more
3: of a surface area. I think it's more of a it, 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 it's it's more like an a tongue here, but as instead of a tongue inside, because I think that the the tongue outside is much more productive. When you're putting the tongue in, then you're losing all of this. <laughs> so you really, you gotta just, and everybody's different. So, you know, everybody who has a vagina is not gonna necessarily have the same sensitivity. So, you know, we don't know. I don't ha- like the tongue in.
1: I mean, I was joking. I, I don't like Yo, the but, tongue okay, Grace, how, how I want to make it clear that I understand. I'm like, I'm on this guy a little bit. This guy's making sense to me right now. I, too, have a gag reflex. By the way, the way you described it, Grace, the way you described it is a lot of men lie about this. I think that's very funny. How many men have you known that lie about having gag reflex when they <laughs> stick their tongue out to try to go down on women?
4: <laughs> this is the first um, good lie that I've heard in a while. Uh, Grace, how, how old is he? Um, so I'm 20 and he's 24.
0: Okay. So he's young and I think you need to just sit on his face and say, if you want to be with (laughs) me, you have to get into this.
1: I, I, I just agree. Margaret, what do you think?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, um, figuring out what that fear and hesitation is about and kind of playing with that. You know, sometimes our. Uh, the walls that we put up are sort of meant to be broken down. And I think that in sex, it's a good place to go. Like when people want to, don't want to do something and it's almost like they do want to do it. You just have to give them some sort of playful permission to like Mm -hmm. mess around with it. I mean, if you're really attracted to each other, um, something like that could feel natural. But it's hard when people set down those limits. Like, I'm not, I can't do that. Like, it's very... um, It's strange not to be suppliable, you know? Can she say that to him, Margaret? Can she say it's,
0: you know, it's weird that you say that to me. Like, I want this to be a relationship that where we find out things about each other. Or I don't know, like, it's hard to vocalize, I guess.
3: No, it's just kind of about how willing are you to kind of figure out what the fears are and actually get some sense of intimacy with him um, that's outside of even like sex but it could be sexy just to talk about sexuality and each other without having sex so like take that sort of thing we're not going to do it right now but we just want to talk and then sort of see if that talk will get you guys turned on enough to want to try something like fun you know um because to be that limited sexual vocabulary um it's not it's it's not good to be in a relationship with like that because it's like well why is like why is that like that? It's weird. I
1: yeah, I mean I like like as speaking as a man, like I know he's lying. This gag reflex thing is a is not true. And I mm-hmm. and I I just know th- he just
0: sounds incredibly immature. Yeah,
1: I I, I yeah. know for sure that this guy has some image in his mind of what it means to go down on a. It's a pretty like 1990s vibe, to be honest. It's like some <laughs> some like 90s gangster shit. Like, oh yeah, I don't do that. You know, it's like uh, DJ Khaled said he, he doesn't go down on women. It's like. I just know for sure that this dude has some idea that going down on a woman means something emasculate and Margaret hit the nail on the head it's some kind of fear but it's probably layered under so many so many layer you know sedimentary layers of bravado that he's not even aware it's fear he's just probably like I don't do that and the gagging thing it's just Bullshit, and to me, like and rude. But what Margaret's saying is so generous and so kind, uh, helping somebody along on their sexual journey. My instinct is, I I don't, I don't feel like you're responsible to help a selfish lover get to the promised land. But you know, if you were more like Margaret, Margaret's, I I think a kinder, a kinder spirit than me. My instinct is cut that gagging tongue loose and find you somebody that'll do what you like.
4: I. I actually did what Margaret said, and I really liked her advice. I like wanted to like, work Just through now? it with him. That was so quick. <laughs> yeah, it was so quick. <laughs>
1: Is he right down he's, there between your legs right there. now? Oh, amazing. He's
4: actually down there. Do you hear him gagging? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really,
1: I That turns me on to hear somebody gag. So we've all got different things.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just because I also want to know, like, there's a reason why we do what we do. And like, I don't want to like knock on anybody for maybe there's a reason why he's saying that, you know, but it just seems like it's not going anywhere. And I'm kind of getting blamed for just having a higher sex drive than him. And it's just hard. Like, I feel like I've done like the considering and like being open with him. Um, so what like, what do I do now that I've had that conversation, you know? Is it, like, because I have a higher sex drive,
3: should I find someone who matches that? No. (laughs) No, drive doesn't have anything to do with it. It's that he's got a lot of layers of, like, cultural bias against this idea. And it could be, like, family. It could be sort of, like, old sort of religious stuff. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But um, it's not you, and it's not about drive. That has nothing to do with it. And having a good sex drive is important anyway. It's for the generation of our lives and also just for fun you know it's like why not yeah so it's it's weird that he would try to frame it that way but that also could be social like training over you know many generations who knows that's Mm -hmm. very toxic though
1: very toxic it's just like it's the it's the clearest iteration of of slut shaming you could it's as fine a point of slut shaming as you could as you could find right it's like he's Mm -hmm. got some blockage and rather than say, I've got a blockage, I'm fucked up. I I'm gonna look I'm gonna be real and honest with who with what's happening with me. Sexually I have some sort of blockage. He's like, the problem actually is that you're too big of a slut. That's kind of what he's doing to you. And that is Just exactly toxic. It's like poison, and it's like get just get away. The other good news is you're 20. There's no possible way this is going to work out forever. So you you can get to the finish line really quickly. Just
0: imagine yourself. Just imagine yourself in two years. Just kind of like in a relationship with him, looking out a shop window, just thinking about how no (laughs) one's ever licked your pussy and like (laughs) since since before COVID. That's so depressing. That's that's where you'll be. So, you know, or or unless keep, try another one of these conversations and try to like go, if you do have a good enough connection, try to. Well, I'm just saying if she's, if she's, I mean, I know she's 20, but, like, maybe he's, he's cool. I don't he's know.
1: He's not cool. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's an obvious.
0: not that serious.
1: Yeah, he's not cool. He is not cool. But it is that serious because it's, like, it makes me so mad. Like, the idea of, bl- like, as if a high sex drive is something negative in a partner. It's so insane that he's, like, a well, li- problem.
4: Oh, sorry. I didn't mean no, to cut please. you off. No, please. Um, I was just going to say this is something I really struggle with with a lot of my girlfriends my age, we struggle with guys like a little bit older than us not having like the same sex drive and it kind of getting blamed on us.
1: Are you, those, mm. Oh, you're saying at about 24, the testosterone dips pretty hard know. and you don't it, like to fuck anymore? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, like, I is think. that
4: the deal? No. Like,
3: what about the women in the room? Like, did you struggle with that when you were younger? I've like, had definitely, I've had a lot of experiences with um men and uh them when i was younger in particular where they were afraid of my um, desire they were afraid Mm -hmm. of my um appetite sexually and i think that there was a lot of underlying reasons for that whether it was trauma that they'd experienced before um, a fear that they uh would sort of like sort of be able to run out of energy or not be able to satisfy me. So it was this way of like trying to contain my power because they were afraid of it. And I think that you're going into a very archetypal conversation of where men are afraid of women. I mean, men are, have always been afraid of women's power. And so that's another way where it comes out, where they try to control our sexuality. And you see that in the government, you see that with women, um, co- you know, all the sort of rape culture that exists. So Mm -hmm. It's real and it's definitely intense around um, when I was like definitely in my 20s. So it's something that does pass because after like 30s, women and men sort of figure it out. But it's one of those things where we just mature faster, I think, at that age.
0: Yeah. And I think that sexuality is just so important in terms of connection with someone. So I, I think that that really needs to be there. Right. In a real way.
3: And there are great, great guys out there. I mean, he might be talking about what's happening because he's hiding some trauma. There may be things that he doesn't remember about his past. There may be things that he's reacting to that are much deeper than maybe we realize. You know, if he's worthwhile to spend time with for you, then maybe it's worthwhile to figure out what that is. Mm hmm. I, I will also
0: say it has happened to me twice where the guys kind of accused me of wanting to have sex too much and both times they were gay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that's awesome. I don't know
4: why that makes me feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should bring that up. Too. He seems like he'd be pretty receptive to that conversation. Actually. Oh, yeah, for Wait, sure. Uh, what I was saying when I was so so uh, uh, ardently saying it's not about sex drive was what I I mean <laughs> is, Uh, I think, again, Margaret hit the nail on the head. It isn't find out ask the guy how often he masturbates i i I, Mm -hmm. i'm almost positive it's at least daily right yeah and so it's not about how horny the guy is it's just what margaret said it's about this whole language of you have a high sex drive is really like i'm afraid of whatever it is that you are and i feel inadequate it's not i don't get horny in the same way you do it's i'm scared because you are a fully realized woman and i've never tried that before and and there's no better metaphor for that than going down on a woman because you're you're supplicating yourself. You're not in a position of sexual dominance. You're in a position of of of. Su- I don't want to say submission, but it's it's a it's a more pa- a submissive position. I
0: don't think it is right. to go
1: down on someone. I think it is. Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought you meant. And to. so
1: it, it it's this thing of like that isn't where I can be king. And I just I, Margaret, you're being very nice to the guy, and and maybe maybe Margaret's right because she seems more uh, involved than me. My instinct is it's not it's just not your responsibility to deal with somebody like that. Get out.
4: Yeah. I think yeah. you need to just play him this podcast.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You think so?
4: <laughs> I've been trying to get him to listen to you guys for a long time and he just hasn't done it. So
0: not a fan. Well, you <laughs> know maybe, what? Maybe, maybe Moshe's right. he sounds like a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck, Grace. And uh, I think you'll be fine.
1: You have a parting Thanks. shot, Margaret, before we say bye.
3: I think, you know, you're a beautiful young woman. You should be able to have the world at your feet and, you you can do whatever you want. I think it's really important. But sometimes we do find people that we connect with and we really like. It sounds yeah. like you like him. So it's hard because it's like, what is that about? What is this about? Mm-hmm. Like you want to, you really like him. Try to figure out what's going on underneath that. Like mm-hmm. can you like get comfortable enough to ask. He's like, what are you thinking about when you're coming? Like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the most important thing to know about anybody you're having sex with is like, what is the image <laughs> when you come? Margaret, I don't think I like you. this question. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: that.
4: He's like, it's men. I'm thinking, it's uh, men.
1: no, he's like, it's shoving my tongue repeatedly in and out of someone's <laughs> vagina. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) that is a really intense question margaret to ask a lover i really that's very open and and very intense surely
0: it varies but this guy needs he needs to be kind of
4: shocked like that
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i I dare you to ask him and get back to us and tell us what he says
4: i will oh i just wanted to say um natasha i'm actually my hometown is rockford illinois too oh that's cool so god bless us
1: God bless you, everyone. Good luck out there.
4: I'm glad you got out, honey. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you too. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, Margaret, I got to say, you...
0: I feel like Margaret should just have this show instead of us. Do you want to take
1: over? (laughs) (laughs) How about, yeah, can Lucia take over? (laughs) I can take over. Um. no, that was great. All of that was very good. I just have no... You know, I think what it is, the reason I get so militant about that is because I identify, even as I was like a young man, you know, in a progressive family raised with like egalitarian values, I still felt fell victim to that kind of like programming. And I just... It just tur- it turns my stomach when something is so transparently... What you said, like trying to control someone in that way that I'm just like run for the fucking hills. But you know what? Yeah. People do evolve. People do change.
0: Yeah. I like that pep talk you gave her. You're like, you're beautiful. You're young. You can do whatever you want. And then I was thinking like, until you have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like you kind of can,
1: you you mm-hmm. can still do whatever you want.
3: No, I can't. Yeah.
1: You can go to go away for five days and find, do another quarantine. You That's could take true. a bread baking class online.
3: <laughs> That's <sounds> yes. <laughs> it 10 a.m. on Saturday.
0: It's gonna Perfect. be good. Oh, so do you put the Zoom up in your kitchen so that you can yeah. like Oh, how cute. Oh, I yeah. love it. You should do it. Wait, but do people yeah. like talk a lot? Like, or is it really easy to understand? Like, is oh, is there like um, a lot of Zoom conversation going?
3: No, well, it it's uh we have the recipes beforehand. So we're usually by the time we're getting on Zoom, we're proofing. So it's like the dough's rising. So we're just talking about our dough and then showing off what what's going on and that kind of stuff. I love it.
1: Well, Margaret, uh, if you really were our friend, you would offer to send us a loaf of bread, but <laughs> barring that, I want to say, Moshe we-
0: hates focaccia though. I will say that is one weird thing about him. Cause it's like such a delicious mm-hmm. bread.
1: What can you do? Yeah. I saw that chef's table or whatever, what, where they make it and it looks, it, it's more beautiful in the making than it is for me in the tasting. Mm-hmm. But, um, Uh, I want to just thank you for coming on. It was really great to see you. Thank
0: you. Great to see you. Yes. Thank you, Margaret. And also speaking of
1: when Natasha was talking about willing yourself into a uh, having a great set. We did New Year's last year. And Margaret, you were you crushed so hard. You were so good. I mean, I knew you were good, but I also was like in that moment was like, she's so fucking good. So when this damn pandemic lifts, when you're done getting your tickets to Moshe and Natasha live. Definitely go see Margaret because you're yes. one of the best. You're one of the best.
3: Oh my you God. You guys we're gonna are be, great. We're going to be so rusty. <laughs>
1: we are going to be rusty.
3: <laughs> we're going to be so great when we go back. No, we'll be really, I think we're all going to be really ready to go. It's going to be really good.
1: Okay, I love good. that. All right. This has been awesome. Thank you again, Margaret.
3: Thanks, Thank Margaret. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye, Lucia. Bye. Bye.
0: Her dog is cuter than ours. <laughs> It's, it's even cuter than cutie because it weighs like two pounds. I mean, oh, can you imagine how tiny the shits are if they're that small?
1: That's really something to think about, honey. <laughs> it's the, f- the first positive thing you've said tonight. <laughs> uh, that was awesome, hon. And I am dedicated. Here's what I'll tell you. I am dedicated to making your life easier in any way that I can. Thank let's, you. Let's go find a, a an adventure. And you know what?
0: You're like, let's go camping. The no, thing I love to do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, I was about to say something you were gonna like, though. You're, but that was a good one. That was a good zing. You zigged, when I zagged. If you need, I'm gonna go on the record on the podcast and say this: If you need me to go down on you at any point, uh, I'll uh, I'll do it. No, if you need to take a break, or you need some space, and you need to go off and write and take another vacation on your own, you need only ask. I found it very fun and, and easy to be here with our child uh, I didn't think it was that difficult and I, I would be happy honestly I would be happy to see the backside of you I hate to see you go but i love to see you walk away
0: <sighs> thank you you're very supportive
1: well do you know why? why? because I love you
0: I love you too